Every play, every musical, begins with some writer putting words on a page. Hello, and welcome to Stagecraft, the Broadway radio podcast that talks to playwrights and musical book writers about the shows they've created. My name is Jan Simpson, and our guest this week is Loy A. Webb, whose powerful debut play, The Light, focuses on a couple whose relationship is tested by allegations of a sexual assault. It's the first play to open at the new home of MCC Theatre, and it's been extended through March 17th. Hello, Loy Webb. Welcome to Broadway Radio. Hi, how are you? Excited to have you here, because I'm really (laughs) eager to talk about uh, this play of yours, which lots of people are already talking about. So let's start off with telling listeners who haven't had the chance to see it what The Light is about. Would you tell them that? Sure. So The Light is a play um, about this couple who, on one of the most important moments of their relationship, they have to confront this this situation from their uh, past. And so what happens is, I always say, we see their love in three phases. What does their love look like in joy? What does it look like in pain? And what does it look like um, with the hope of redemption? And so that's generally how I try to describe it without mm-hmm. giving too, too, too much away. Uh, where did you get the idea uh, for the play? Because okay. I, I don't want to give things away either, but I yeah, think yeah. We, we can say it touches in a way uh, yeah. all the stuff about the Me Too movement. Yes, yes. Um, So basically, the idea for the play came to me in 2016. I was a uh, big fan of this actor named Nate Parker. One of the things that I loved about Nate was he was the type of actor who he would not take a role if he felt like it put African-American people in a bad light. And I remember thinking, yes, finally, an actor with integrity, someone who is not willing to work, if he feels like a role puts his people in bad, in a bad light. And because he was so committed to this particular mission, what he instead did was pour his heart out into this film project, this passion film project he had called Birth of a Nation, which was the Nat Turner story. And so I remember in 2016, it went to Sundance and it had won all type of awards and got like the record for like the highest deal made there or something like that and I remember as it got closer to the time to come out to theatrical release for everyone to see it allegations had emerged that while he was in college he had sexually assaulted a young woman Mm -hmm. and I remember thinking I said to myself like I would just love to hear what the young lady has to say because I yeah I just would like to hear what the young lady has to say because it's like seeing they do all these wonderful things but you know and it doesn't seem like something he would do but I never want to say I don't believe someone if this has truly happened to them so what ended up happening was her brother came forward said that she had taken her life actually five years earlier because she was still dealing with the traumatic effects of that sexual assault and I remember being quite confused about what I felt in that moment because at the time there was this big debate going on on social media about how like we have to support this movie especially black women if we don't support this movie there'll never be another movie 
made about great African-American figures again. And I just remember trying to figure out where did I stand in regards to this debate? And I remember I was in the theater watching uh, South Side with You, the Michelle and Barack love story, and a trailer for Birth of a Nation, his film came on, and I literally sat in that theater and cried. And I cried for that young lady, and I cried about my um, confusion that I felt in regards to Nate. And I said, you know what, I cannot support this movie, but what I can do is write a story to try to sort out what I'm feeling, and then that became the light. The play is obviously, and unfortunately, so of this moment, but you started it in 2016, and so as more revelations have come out, including the Kavanaugh hearings, the uh, now Mm -hmm. now, uh, Associate Supreme Court Justice uh, Brett Kavanaugh, did mm-hmm. the play change? I, I know there's a reference to, to Kavanaugh. Yes. So one of the things that I was faced with, because the Me Too movement actually happened right before we began rehearsals for the Chicago production. So The Light had a production mm. in Chicago in 2018. Um, and we were like gearing up for rehearsals. Um, for that and that's when like the Me Too movement broke and so we decided to leave it as it was right now but when it went to the New York production my dramaturg at the time she because we were trying to decide like okay there's so many things that have happened between 2016 and now how what do we do with all this stuff in between and so my drama my dramaturg proposed to me the question she said this play can either be a call to a movement or a response to a movement. And I thought about that, and I thought about that. What did she mean? I'm not, I'm not sure I understand. Okay, so, so she meant it could either be, because I wrote the play before the Me Too movement, the play could sit in the world of us not addressing what has come after the Me Too movement because it's a call to that movement. Mm-hmm. Because it happened, it happened before. Or she said it can be a response to the movement, meaning we can set the play post Me Too movement and the things that are happening to address the current time. Okay. And I remember I thought of, I was trying to think about what exactly I wanted to do. And I thought about the Nina Simone quote where she said, an artist's duty as far as I'm concerned is to reflect the times in which we live. And I said, you know what, too much, too much stuff has happened, so I need to address what is going on now. And so because there were so many public figures that had been called out with these different allegations, I had to de- make a determination in regards to which direction did I want to go. And so when the Kavanaugh um, information started coming forth, I thought about him because I said he's someone who is not just a pop figure. This is a historical figure who's going to be in uh, American history forever. So that wouldn't date the play. And that was why I chose to address his issue in the play. Was that the only thing that changed? No, so uh, there were uh, quite a few changes. I had so many different drafts uh, for the new New York thing, but the biggest thing was adding the Kavanaugh, the debate section in the middle, there's a debate that the couple um, go to back and forth that mm-hmm. was uh, that was a uh, new because my my dramaturg um, we were just trying to tighten tighten that up like what issues do we want to talk about now how do we want to address those issues 
And um, the final monologue that the main female character gives is one of the biggest additions, new additions that we had. That was not in there before. And then the ending. The ending I had in Chicago, I didn't really care for. In that ending, the male character actually leaves and she's alone on stage, the main female character. And so in talking to my director and trying to figure out the ending, we basically came to an agreement about... Don't give it away. Don't give it away. No, I'm not not giving it away. How do we work that? (laughs) So in talking... Uh, with your director uh, about that was it did you the two of you um, and and your terrific director Logan Vaughn did the Mm -hmm. two of you go uh, back and forth on on many different ways to to end this because it's a tricky it's a tricky landing for a play like this yeah 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 it really is and so one of the things that we discussed was because uh, Logan actually had the pleasure of seeing the production in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And so I was telling her I wasn't too fond of that particular ending. That I, And what made me not too fond about the ending was uh, a survivor had told me that she just didn't feel any hope or light at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And one of my one of my main goals as a writer, and I say this in regards to any, any interview that I give or anything that anything that I say in regards to why I write, And my mission as a writer is to always be a pointer toward hope. And what I mean by that is regardless of form, regardless of topic or whatever I do, I always want my work to be the neon blinking sign and the darkness saying hope this way. And so when I talked to Logan and we were trying to figure out the ending, I said, we can try this a million ways, but what I want at the end to make sure is that people leave with some sense of hope. Mm-hmm. some sense of light and so it was trying to find the balance for us between what is realistic in this situation for these people on this day this hard day that they go through mm-hmm. but what also leaves people with a sense of light and hope for not just this couple but us as a nation in regards to this topic in the future is that where the title comes from the light Actually, the title, The Light, comes from a song by one of my favorite artists, and uh, he's also an actor, too. His name is Common, um, mm-hmm. and he's from Chicago. And when I when I wrote it, you know, like, I, I, the play is set in Chicago, and I always wanted to make this play, like, as a homage, not only to black women, but to my city as well. And so um, I thought about his song, The Light, which he wrote as basically a love letter to his then girlfriend. And I said, you know, this title, The Light, sums up what it is I I want this play to be for survivors, but I also want this to be my love letter to black women. And so that's where I got the title from. Now, you said uh, at the the start that thinking about the woman involved in the Nate Parker case and wanting to give Mm -hmm. her voice was one of your motivations. Mm -hmm. And yet, this isn't a one-sided argument play. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so how important was it and how difficult was it for you to give a full rounded uh, argument? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm glad you actually asked that question because when I initially started writing this play, I had a man tell me that the play was very female heavy and so I said you know what I looked at the pl- I took the note I looked at the play and I said okay I can sort of see that so I said you know what 
because I don't want this to be an attack play for anyone's side. I want them. I want both characters to go as hard as they can, and whoever emerges the victor emerges the victor, if there is a victor in that situation. But I said I want to give the man every benefit of the doubt that I can. That was very important to me that I didn't make him a stereotype that I wrote him with the same love Mm -hmm. that I wrote her. Even if sometimes I didn't agree, I always had to ask myself, am I writing him in love? Am I giving him a voice? Am I trying to see where he's coming from? And so that that's what began the journey for me in terms of trying to write um, the male character with this much love as I uh, wrote the female character even if I didn't particularly agree with everything that he said because I felt like that was important if this play is to do what I wanted to do which is provide light for people not just women but men as well to be better for the for the women in their lives then the only way that I can reach them is if they see themselves in that character and if I didn't write him as a full dimensional character, then people will, especially men, will automatically tune out. Was it made even more complicated by the fact that these are black characters and there's the whole history of allegations against black men and attitudes mm-hmm. about the sexuality of black women? Did any of that come into play when you were... Yeah, I felt like because this was a this is a real debate that we have in the community quite often mm-hmm. um i felt a sense of like sensitivity to it because i and that and that's why it was like important for me to also write both characters in love because this is my community and i love my community and even if i'm trying to challenge us to be better i still want to make sure that i'm doing that in love and not attack it is, it is hard. It, it is a hard debate that we have in real life. And it's a hard debate that I had to write. But if we are to change, you have to talk about these issues. And like I said, I, I tried to, as, as much as I possibly could, um, talk about these issues in love so that it's not coming from a place of condemning anyone, but saying, hey, let's look at ourselves and see how we can be better for each other. Well, in our community, the show is dealing with these very big, very heavy, very difficult issues, but people mm-hmm. seem to really respond to the love story. How, yeah. how important was that for you? And, and how did you keep the balance between the love and the mm-hmm. difficulty they have to go through? Okay, so when I initially started writing the play, my mentor who basically ushered me through this whole process, he kept saying, I want to spend more time with them. And initially I was resistant to that because I was thinking in regards to playwriting structure, I was thinking, well, in the first 10 pages, we need to know like what what the conflict is and things like that. Like I was strictly thinking like playwriting structure and things like that. And he was like, No, for as long as possible, let us sit with these people. Let us fall in love with these people. Because if we don't, then we won't care about what they go through in the end. And I remember I was trying to find like examples of that, of how important that is for us. to. And I actually, I'm a big Samuel D. Hunter fan. Mm -hmm. And he wrote this play, A Bright New Boise. 
And I've read a lot of Sam's work and I know like he has a particular sense of humor. So I'm reading this play and I'm like, oh, I know what this play is about. It's about this father and this son trying to reconnect. And it has Sam's regular humor, yada, yada. And I'm going through the play and then I get to a part in the middle and it makes me feel some type of way because it takes this whole different turn. And I remember I felt so like, I don't know, I was feeling something and I researched how did he do that? And I actually found an interview where he was talking about the play and he said that it was very important for him to do that, to make us laugh with them and things like that because when you laugh with characters, when you fall in love with them and things like that, it opens the audience up to them. And by the end, when we get to the issues that they really have to go through, we feel more for them because we've traversed more emotional mouths with them. And so once I found that example, I was like, oh, let me try that in this place. So that's why it was important for me. I want people to fall in love with them so that when, when they get to the hard stuff, we're still we're rooting for them yeah. because we they have a place in our heart. I've read that this is your your first produced play and maybe your first mm-hmm. full length play. Uh, yes, it's my uh, first, the first full, like I had been writing a lot of shorter plays up until then. And I, I had tried my hand at some uh, full length plays, but they didn't go that well. But this was like my first play, my first full length play where I really took time to learn the craft, to learn the structure. And it's my first produced play. Yep quite a way to start um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, I know that you worked for a while as a, a theater journalist and so yeah did that inform your playwriting at all yeah you know what it was was like I always I knew that I wanted to be um, a playwright and but it's like I just couldn't wake up and uh, say like you know you want to be a playwright like it takes training and stuff like that and I'm also a lawyer and I had went to law school and I was like I can't go back to school because I already owe so much money so I was like what can I do that can give me like my own education where I could try to learn on my own and so this opportunity came I was already doing like freelance writing work for like different publications and stuff like that and so when I wrote a I had ended up writing a theater article for HowlRound and I submitted it to this arts paper in Chicago and I and I was like I would really love to write about like art um, for your paper um, write about theater for your paper and they told me well the only thing that we do um, in terms of like writing for theater you have to be a critic and so I was like oh so what do I I basically like go and see like plays and stuff like that and they was like yeah you go see plays and write a review of what you thought about it and so that for me I always say like that was part of like my Yale school of drama like having access to some of Chicago's top theaters and seeing plays from like some of the top writers like that's where I really learned like how plays exist in the world, what works, what doesn't work, what resonates with me, what doesn't, how audiences react to certain things. Yeah, it was really like a a training ground for me in terms of learning how to be a better writer. Had you been going to plays, reading plays before that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I I had been going to plays uh, in undergrad, like even though I was a political science major, like I was always the only non-theater major in theater classes. Um, and, and, and I didn't know exactly what I wanted to, what I wanted to do in the theater. I just knew that I loved it and I wanted to do it. 
Um, and when I came back to Chicago, my first year in law school, which was 2009, I remember being so de- depressed because law school was very hard and it was, it was taking time to get adjusted. And I said, I have to go see a play. I have to go see a play because I'm really depressed and I need to get my mind off of this. And I remember I went to go see August Wilson's um, My Rainey's Black Bottom at this theater in Chicago called Court. And that play changed my life. And I left that play and said, I want to be a playwright. So that was the moment where I said, which, where I made a commitment to myself to try to learn the craft so that I could do what August did. Now, how much longer is uh, the light playing here? So the light plays until March 17th. Okay, so people have um, a good amount of time to get to see it, but yeah. you also have another show that's opening later this year, yes? Yeah, so I have a uh, play called His Shadow um, that's opening at 16th uh, Street uh, Theater in um, Berwyn, Illinois. And uh, that play is about a younger uh, brother who he's trying to get out of his older brother's uh, shadows on the football field. And uh, when tragedy strikes, he realizes that he stands not in his brother's shadow, but his light. And I know I use the light a lot, but I don't know. That's just a part. Of, I guess that's a part of my my canon of work. <laughs> well, we we're all excited to see how uh, your canon uh, grows because it's certainly gotten off to a terrific start with um, thank you so with much. the light. Uh, thank you thank for you. for for coming and talking uh, to us uh, about it and continued success with it. Thank you so much. And thank you for joining us. We hope you'll come back next time and that you'll listen to all the other Broadway Radio podcasts, which you can find on broadwayradio.com.